0: Roxo Media House. frog fans welcome to post game beers i'm your host kyle malloy at yell mk joining me is my co-host jacob sailors at jd sailors jacob your thoughts on our large adult son uh lucas niang he picked up a championship ring last night Chiefs super bowl win how do you feel about him i tell you what man as a honorary
1: chiefs fan because an alumni plays for that team you know it feels good to win a super bowl today that's right you get your red on you know what I'm you, you. know whose balls I'm busting with this, right?
2: <laughs> uh, tech yes, fans I are, do.
1: Tech fans oh. are weird, dude. Tech oh. fans are really weird. Okay, I thought let you me were going to
2: talk about UFC or UCF.
1: No, so listen, tech fans are fucking weird about this. And I remember I went to a bar with some friends to watch tech play in the basketball tournament last year. Okay, the basketball tournament, and there's a dude. There's a bunch of tech fans there. One of them in particular wearing a Chiefs Mahomes jersey to watch Tech basketball. How does that make any sense? <laughs> Ended up did, seeing did the you, same dude at. Global did you ask Life him if he's from year. Kansas City? That would have made sense. Oh, no, dude, it's a Tech fan, and it's so weird how they like absorb Kansas City as if Kansas City is now Texas Tech. Yeah, it makes no sense to me. It drives me crazy.
3: It's
2: always so, yeah.
1: So if that's the rules, then I won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Thank you, Lucas Niane
2: <laughs> Lucas but, is Dude, dog. that's where I was
1: going to go. Um, well, first of all, we have Crazy Ray Cartwright, Sold the Stat, Martin Guerrero, with us tonight. And MK, um, enough about them. Let's talk about you. How are you
0: feeling today, Mr. Man, Chiefs? I feel good. I feel real good. So um, you're a
1: real Chiefs fan. Okay, let's establish that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I spent 18 years of my life in Kansas City. Well, yeah,
1: this is for the listener, not for me.
0: Right, yeah, right. Yeah. So born and raised in Kansas City. Um Made it down to TCU for college and and never left after you know found a pretty girl, uh, but I still love Kansas City. My mom is still there, tons of friends there. Uh, I got to go to a game last year against the Packers in Arrowhead. I mean, I grew up going to the stadium, and it's uh, I I feel extremely grateful that I have the best quarterback on my favorite team. So let's we'll see your chop. <laughs> <the> <laughs> Yeah. Know, I'm not sure if it's racist or not, but uh, we're still doing it in Arrowhead. It's so. it's only
1: racist if you do it by yourself. If you do it in a stadium full of people, eh, you're lost Post in little, the crowd. So, so by myself on postgame beers, I'm in trouble. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, When they drafted Mahomes, were you on board? Or was it just kind of like, well, that's interesting?
0: Let's see what um, happens. So, they've never. So, uh, here's trivia for you. Okay. Name the last. Quarterback the Chiefs drafted before Mahomes in the first round. The first. Elvis
2: Garbach.
0: No, they, there's no way that dude got
1: drafted in the first round. First <laughs> oh, round. Um,
0: that guy. Let's see. Montana was on the 49ers. First, this has a connection so. to the TCU baseball team. Hint, hint. Okay. okay. Oh, hey, Black, way, way. Wait, wait. Blackledge. Todd Blackledge. He was yeah. the last first round quarterback drafted for the Chiefs. Everyone after that was. I mean, they got Joe Montana, you know, for a couple of years, but that was at the end of his career. Right. Um, so we just, we, I watched them every year. It actually, so I don't want to, I'm not saying it's the same in terms of like coaches or, or types of teams or the way that it feels, but it's like the Cowboys where you're in the playoffs every year, but you cannot take that second or third step. And that's what well, happened that's about all- how I
1: remember the chiefs as a kid. Like yeah. uh, the they have thing. cool
0: uniforms. They have a cool stadium. Yeah but they always get their ass kicked in the first round of the playoffs. They went to the playoffs every freaking year in the 90s and never, you know, made yeah. it past the AFC, the AFC Championship. So, um when now you drafted, can't now you can't I mean, stop short of the AFC Championship. Out, I mean, outside of Brett Veach, who's the GM. I mean, you, no one can really say that you expected anything like this. Right. I mean, so when he was drafted, I was like, great. Uh, it's a first round quarterback. If they're excited about him, I'm excited about it. But I had, I had no idea that he was going to be you know, this good because we have been watching him get his ass kicked by the frogs for a couple of years, mm-hmm. you know, for. Um, so, I mean, the fact that he, he was fun in college, but I didn't think he'd be, yeah. uh, you know, a legendary quarterback this young.
1: So I watched an interview um, of Pat. It was during the Super Bowl, the year he came out of tech and was getting ready for the draft. And they asked him, you know, they have you projected as a second round. Do you see yourself as a first rounder? And he's like, you know, honestly, I don't care where I get drafted. What's important to me is that I end up in the right environment with the right coach and the right team. Cause if I, if I do that, I feel like I can really excel at
0: this level. Mm -hmm. Talk about, talk about calling your shot. Yeah. And And um, they they talk, they, 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 they give, you know, the chiefs a lot of credit for sitting them on a bench for a year and letting Alex Smith kind of finish that season out. But I'm at this point, I'm not convinced that if he started that, that first year that he would have taken the team to the Super that year, he would have been fine. He would have been fine. And
1: um, man. Okay. So I always think about if Pat Mahomes was drafted by the
0: bears. Yeah. Yeah. He he was supposed to be and uh right. he was supposed to be and he so he was actually on the Kelsey's podcast you know they they had a po- uh, Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey had a podcast this year which was actually pretty fun the fact that they ended up going to the Super Bowl and playing against each other but they had Mahomes on it he called like I want to say the Chiefs and said hey you know I'm I'm getting lit up by the Bears right now so if you guys don't jump up then I'm going to Chicago no yeah no he way. he basically called his shot and said you know if you want me you're going to have to come get me And the Chiefs traded up to 10. I mean, they were, you know, so they they were joking. They're like, you drafted yourself? And he's like, well, I didn't, not really. But, you know, he said, hey, I I like the Chiefs too. I like Chicago. But he was expecting to go there and knew that they were. were Well,
1: I I think it's good he understood that, you know, he's probably not the kind of quarterback, even as talented as he is, that can just go to any team in the NFL and turn them into a winner. Like, say, like Joe Burrow did. Right. You know. But I mean, so, would, yeah, it's cool. He ended up on the Chiefs because, God, it's fun to watch them play. It's great. The only uh, thing that bothers me about the Chiefs now is that so
0: many K-State fans are Chiefs fans. And I'm well, a little. Th- annoyed th- so that's <laughs> so here's the thing. KU, Missouri and Kansas State, they've all cheered for the Chiefs because they live there. And, and they were fighting on Twitter about
1: who gets to claim Chiefs because he oh, went to a KU game and it got all the K-State fans mad. Yeah. He's like, Chiefs are our team. KU fans, no, bro, they're our team.
0: No, because everyone in Kansas City goes to those three colleges. They yeah. just, I mean, everybody. It's fun, whatever. So I've never thought about fighting over the Cowboys with like
1: Aggie <laughs> fans or Texas right. fans. Like we all cheer for them. Yeah.
0: Hey, can, so um,
3: can we claim the Chiefs because they used to be the Dallas Texans? Yes, absolutely. They yeah. were originally in
1: Dallas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Like Tech has opened the floodgates for sports fandom. Yeah. So, MK, real quick, what was your scene like? Were you at a party? Uh, what'd you do? How nervous were you during the game? What'd you do after?
0: Um, My best friend from college, also from Kansas City. So, it's kind of nice. We cheer for the Frogs and the Chiefs together. He had a party, about 20, 25 folks. Lots okay. of kids running around on a bounce house mm-hmm. outside. Um, beers and high noons were flowing, and we were feeling good. The first half was actually pretty rough. They ended up being down by 10. Mm-hmm. So, I was a little nervous, and I Looked at him and I said, if Mahomes is hurt, then that's pretty much the end of the game. Um, had a great time watching the the halftime show, and then uh and then you know they started clicking in the second half. And so it was just an awesome, you know, second. I mean, it was it was I've looked, I've obviously done some reading today and and some listened to some podcasts, but I mean he was basically perfect to that second half. They scored on every drive. Yeah. Um, out of 230 total yards that they could have gained, they gained like two, 222 or something crazy. Yeah. You know, like it was, it was just insane. So, um, yeah, I mean, and then, uh, we ate so early cause I showed up, you know, right on time. I ate right away. And by the end of the night I was starving again. So I celebrated with a little in and out burger and fries, mm-hmm. thought and, you were man, McDonald's. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just wanted something greasy to, you know, settle me down and, Man, just had a great night's sleep. That's
1: great, man. Congrats. Yeah. So I texted you um during the game yesterday because I was at a party and <laughs> I was a little disappointed you didn't get the joke because I've been laughing about this since I, I probably heard of
0: it. just I probably just
1: didn't yeah, read it carefully. You were locked so. in. Okay, so let me reset it for you. All right. So I was at a party and there was a, a girl there, she's about five or six years old. And uh someone asked her, Who's your favorite player? And she said Patrick Luke Combs. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Do you know who Luke Combs is, the country singer? Yes. Okay. Well, the real funny part was when they asked, uh, "Oh, what team does he play for?" And she goes, "The Cheese." <laughs> Thank
0: <Pretty cute. laughs> you. I don't know why that made me laugh so hard, but pretty cute. Um, but okay. uh, yeah, I got. To, I called my mom after the game. You know, called called some friends in Kansas City. Everyone's. I mean, you guys have experienced a championship before, you know, with the Mavs or whatever, and it's it's just a it's exhilarating. You know, you're on a high, so it was great. Yeah, it was the Mavs yes. the last one?
2: Yes. Stars? What else? Yeah,
0: guess,
1: okay, stars so I the guess... Stars have
2: made the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, I guess the final. In COVID.
1: Yeah, oh, TC won the Fiesta Bowl. That's Pretty the tough. one I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> that felt like a championship. I remember that one. Um, okay, very cool. Um, anything else on that, or you want to move
0: on? Let's go. Okay, so, boys, oh, here's what oh, we're okay. going to do. Um, here, here, Before you, I know you have the intro segment. I just want to announce something real quick. So we are celebrating. Oh, no, that was one- the intro segment. To go for it. No, that that was the intro segment. The
3: that Super was it. Bowl. Yeah.
0: I wanted to talk about the Super Bowl. Oh well, before you get into your thing, we're celebrating okay. our one-year anniversary today. All right. Yeah. So happy anniversary. Uh, happy anniversary to the guys. Um, if you've been listening for a year, we really appreciate you guys. You know, a lot of likes and comments, and you know, just people saying hey appreciate what you do we appreciate you guys for listening so it was exactly a year ago we circled around one single microphone um in an office and broke down the 22 season it it sounded like absolute shit, but um actually so much so that uh keith sarlos the brother of kirk ended up sending us some microphones because he wanted us to do better and we are still (laughs) using those microphones today so thanks keith again for for sponsoring the pod (laughs)
1: Yeah, very cool. Um, one year, man, it's flown by. And I know we talked about, you know, we should throw out some uh, favorite moments or whatever. I think for me, um, it's how many people we've gotten to meet at games, tailgates or at the bar or on road trips. It's just insane, like strangers, you know, getting to talk to strangers about LDC and the podcast. And that that's that's really the, been the coolest part for me. <laughs>
2: Yeah, 100% has been the coolest part, it's just going out to, you know, when we're in Austin or whatever, at a random beer garden, there's a whole group of table like, hey, LDC, whenever we walk in, and then you're just talking ball with them for the next 30 minutes, or you're on the road like Jacob, you, in Phoenix.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's just, it blows my mind, man, when I'm like, wow, people really follow, they really listen. That is, that's amazing.
2: Because <laughs> when I'm we got into this, guys,
1: to... if you if you think back, like we got into this, it was like, if we are the only people that listen to this podcast, and we're having fun doing it, that's a win for me. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And and what like you said, the people that are listening, but also, you know, Ray, I was, you, you're a little bit closer to the, you know, just some of the folks in, inside, but hearing that some of the players listen and enjoy it, I mean, Obviously, we're not doing it to we're not doing it for praise or for, you know, whatever. But I love hearing that. I love hearing that. You know what? We do need more content about the baseball team. There's there's uh, plenty out there about football and basketball. And that's just not our our deal. And so we're glad to fill a a small niche within the community. Yeah,
1: Martin, you got any you got any
0: um, highlights you want to talk about? I
3: like coming on here and cursing. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That was the top moment on the podcast specifically. Yeah. I think Ray being blacked out that one um, after one of the series.
2: After tech, after we got (laughs) the sweeping tech on Easter weekend.
1: I was so nervous that whole pod.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was one of my favorite uh, podcasting moments. Ray, are you drunk? (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> no,
3: it was uh Ray, you sound drunk. I am.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I am.
0: <laughs> but of course. Uh you got a favorite moment, MK from the pod? No, I was just saying, you know, like I said, hearing the players enjoy it. Um, I think meeting some of the parents at the games too, uh, and they are like just legitimately happy that we're fans and and talking about baseball. Um I mean, I've had a couple of friends, this is not like a brag or anything, but I've had a couple of folks who are like, man, I'm, I'm proud of you. And I'm like, wow, I did not go into it for that. But I appreciate <laughs> the support, you know, <laughs> no, no. MP,
2: I'm proud of you, too.
0: All right. Thanks, man. <laughs> if we
1: could have predicted anything, it was to bring shame upon our friends. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, my my favorite moment was the um, the Marcelo Perez uh, cookout. That's what it was. OK,
2: yeah, yep, that yep. was fun. Another bit where Ray was drunk.
1: Well, congrats to one year, fellas. Only about 60 more to go. And then we'll see where we're at.
2: (sighs) Woo, let's ride. (laughs) Yeah. Okay,
1: so... Yeah, go ahead. So let's introduce something new. And the reason we're going to talk about this on the pod is because we want those of you listening and following along on Twitter to participate in this with us. And what we're going to do is... We are going to do a pick challenge where we'll do we'll pick four series and you pick the winner of, of the series. It will always be the TCU series and then a few other big ones. And then we'll get to pick our own wild card series. Now, the, what we need to do now is kind of establish some ground rules. Uh, it doesn't matter who comes in first. It matters which is last. Because this is where the fun begins. We got to pick a punishment for whoever finishes with the worst record in the picks as we go through the season. So we'll start this weekend, week one, and we'll go all the way through to the end of the regular season. And then I'm thinking we do the punishment during the Big 12 tournament or something like that before we get into regional play.
0: So real quick, let's talk about the let's talk about the rules. Okay, when you say pick them, let's say. TCU's playing Baylor. You pick who wins the series. Is that correct? correct? The series, right. yes. If they're playing a single game and we it's a big enough game, uh, then we'll it'll just so be a single.
1: We'll just limit the picking options to three game series. Or I guess okay, so one of the ones I it, it was slim pickings for week one as far as finding interesting matchups. So I think the Southern Miss series, I don't remember who they're playing, but I think it's a four game series. So if it's a two-two draw, we'll just throw that one out.
2: No, we won't do single games. If it's two-two, just count it as a win. Pushes are wins. Well,
1: sure. Um, Okay, but it's the same result. It doesn't matter.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean it. It keeps it even throughout the year. Like so does
0: just win loss throwing it out. (laughs) Yeah, but it doesn't change the results.
3: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah.
1: it's all right. It's all right. We're not giving
3: half wins.
1: We'll cross that bridge when we get there. So, um, OK, Martin, you asked a question before we recorded. Um, what do we do about this weekend when TCU is playing three different opponents? So I have TCU versus the field. So basically, you're predicting whether TCU will go two and one, three and oh, like if you're picking TCU or whether we'll lose two or three games,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like you're going to go with the field. Okay. So that's how we'll handle that. But the most important thing we need to establish right now is what the punishment's going to be. Now, I've already submitted my idea in the group chat, and that is wearing a clown suit to the big 12 tournament.
2: <laughs>
1: so that would it, the, the advantages there are <laughs> it's miserable for the loser. That's, that's key number one. Key number two is it's good content because we're going to be there at the game with, you know followers of the pod, listeners of the podcast. like people are going to know what's up, and you're going to draw a lot of eyeballs to yourself. During the Big 12 tournament.
2: So Big that's my idea. Day wanna... up and all?
1: Huh? Yeah. Oh, the whole deal. The whole nine. <laughs> yeah. And we can we can figure out if we go with this idea, if it's the whole tournament or just like one day. I think just it's we'll... got to be one day. I
0: can't just commit to the, first... the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. That's fine. But that's not even like we're not married to that idea because I asked you guys to come up with an idea or two of your own. So let's hear what you got.
3: And we didn't do it.
1: i've got
2: one and i already i'm
1: running out of posed
2: (laughs) no um you know so similar to my football bet okay uh one of us whoever loses has to get one of their nipples pierced and keep that piercing through as far as tc goes in postseason play
0: i would ray i would rather get a tattoo than get my (laughs) nipple pierced
2: yeah tattoos forever this is for like I would rather get a tattoo.
0: <laughs> I'd, I'd rather get a tattoo is what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> LDC tattoo. I'd rather get like a Nardog dog dog on my ass
1: cheek. <laughs> 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 <But> that's
2: forever.
1: <laughs>
0: All right. Well, creepy. the good thing is we get to vote. <laughs> so... I, mk what do you got i think no i don't have anything i think the clown outfit is actually pretty hilarious we the thing is we have to we have to agree right it's like hey, yeah 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 no we got it yeah. we're gonna vote and then i so here's the thing i don't think we can make it for the whole tournament i say we make it for one of, okay. obviously one of the games that tcu's in and all of us have to be there to be able to take pics and you know witness right this, yeah so. take
1: take pictures with yeah. followers and
3: we yeah. should do it make it the first game
2: yeah, the I think first so. or the
3: second game. But
2: you know, barring that, the first game isn't at like 11 a.m.
0: With you, the caveat well, that if, if, if TCU makes the championship it. game, you have to dress up again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. Yeah. Okay, so Martin, do you have one off the top of your head
0: that you think would be good? No. <laughs> I mean, we you know we could do something lame like the the loser has to buy. Beers, no, no, you know, this but... has to be painful. Okay.
2: It has. To... So, okay, so we have two submissions.
1: <laughs> so we have two submissions. We have clown costume, makeup and all for the Big 12 tournament or get your
2: nipples pierced. Why don't we put it to a Twitter poll?
1: No, let's not do that. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no, this this is between us. All right. <laughs> okay. MK, what's
0: your vote? I'm good with it. Clown. Martin. Yeah. Clown. I vote clown. I vote Ray. nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <Yeah>. clown boy.
1: <laughs> Makeup hey, of Ray, old
0: boy to if, you. If you. Ray, if you want to pierce your nipples when you lose, that's fine. <laughs> no, we ought to be on the same page. We, no, we I'm saying to... in addition to dressing up like a oh, clown. Oh, in addition. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. Now, the clown do suit is it. mandatory. No,
3: nah, he <laughs> just wants a reason to pierce his nipples. He, really <laughs> to his nipples. he <laughs> wants to lose a bet so
2: bad. <laughs> no, I have so much faith in. First off, TCU football, and then I have faith in my uh, picking ability.
3: What's funny is you didn't actually have that much faith in in TCU football before the season. <laughs> me too. <laughs> because or, you called you me doing? that night, and you were like, "Man, what do you think?" Like,
2: <laughs> I did. I thought it was <laughs> easy money.
3: <laughs> He's like, okay. "Help our like five hundred bucks." In the
2: <laughs> okay, so
1: here's here's the other element to this. Um, we are gonna put the games we are picking on a Twitter poll each week. And if you're on Twitter, you can go on there and vote. And then whoever, like the majority of the poll, that will be the pick of the listener. So you guys can compete along with us, but you don't have to participate in the punishment unless you want to.
2: Oh man, how much fun that would be an army of clowns (laughs) going up to... uh... Oh, man I hope there'll be
3: there'll be one person who voted against what won every week and they're like you idiots
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're we're really running out of time but the other thing we need to do is settle on a name I I, I submitted picks of the pod MK
0: what was yours uh mine was either post game picks right or okay. or PGB post game beer like PGB picks
2: oh, my God, I like post game picks
1: post game picks sounds great we'll go with that Martin right. what do you think Post game picks.
0: Uh, I mean, I like the PGB, but it's but, funny because they're actually pre game picks, but they're right. <laughs> yeah, right. That's
3: that's why I like the PGB better. PGB. Uh, picks. I, I
1: think post game post game picks sounds good. Uh, you don't want LDC, I, LDC picks. I, I like the alliteration. All right. Yeah. So. For anybody who's a ticket listener, yes, this is a direct ripoff of Picks with Friends. You don't have to add us and let us know that. Nobody if listens they had fun doing radio. it, so will we? Huh?
3: Nobody listens to sports radio.
1: You don't listen to sports radio. All right, moving on. So the other the other thing is that we can decide in time. We're running out of time right now. We got to get to our actual content of the podcast. But <laughs> people, have, people do, have already
0: signed off with this one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we need to figure out something in the event of a tie. What a tiebreaker is.
0: But we don't have to do that right now. I so here's the thing. If there's a tie a for the early. if there's a tie for last place, I think <laughs> it's just two it's two clowns. I'm sorry. It's two clowns. Okay. Yeah. I'm cool with that. No
1: tiebreaker. <laughs> uh, but the t- only thing the only thing about that MK is it makes it easier for each loser. Does it? I think if you're alone in a clown outfit. <laughs> That's harder than having two yeah. clowns. Uh
2: strength in numbers, yeah, it does make it easier. Okay. Um, one I think the
1: person. element of isolation is important here.
3: One loser does a game one
0: and one loser does a game two. Yeah, two, I like that. Two too. games are guaranteed. But then
1: does the bit get tired after one day?
0: Yeah. Or yeah. or we pick a second outfit, like, you know, you have to dress up like Dorothy or something oh, for Wizard like of Oz. A yeah, a or
1: something like, that. like
3: a slutty nurse. Like a slutty nurse.
1: All right, we'll work on the tiebreaker as we go. So that's it. That is post-game picks. Um, Again, inviting everybody listening on Twitter to participate with us. We think this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I think as it gets towards the end of the season and that race for last is heating up, it's going to cause a lot of nervousness on this podcast and watching you know, Tulane and Southern Miss there (laughs) late in April. Like, come on, Tulane. (laughs)
3: <laughs> oh yeah, I'm going to I'm going to quit the pod. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's that. MK, I'll turn it back to you and let's let's get going with the
0: agenda. All right. So let's talk some baseball. Um first off, do we want to do anything to remind the listeners kind of about like rotation, defensive lineup, batting lineup, or we just want to let them listen to previous pods. Yeah, we'll let them listen to the previous pods. All right, so we've talked about all of those things um, on the last couple pods. With we did an entire one on pitching, um, so please check that out as well as the defensive lineup and our projected starters for for Friday night. Um, but if you want to jump into the season breakdown, let's let's focus on some non-conference games and series, just worth mentioning, and then we can kind of you know just see where the conversation goes. So okay. starting off. This weekend, we've got the State Farm College uh, baseball showdown at Globe Life, um, also shown exclusively on Flow Sports, if you can't make it, but I I suggest that you try to get to the stadium because Flow Sports is what, like 30 bucks a month or something? Um, Friday at three o'clock, the Frogs take on number eight Vanderbilt on Saturday Saturday they take on Arkansas, which should be—it's the night game. That should be crazy, a lot of fun. Tons of Arkansas fans, I'm sure, will be there. Uh, and then on Sunday, they also have the night game at 6:30, hosting Missouri. Uh, so I'm—I'm I'm excited, fellas. Yeah,
1: me too, man. Um, starting up the season with a bang like that, instead of you know some really you know <clears throat> easy team, it—it it definitely gets the juices flowing early. So, yeah, I'm excited. Vanderbilt out of the gate. Martin, talk to us about Vanderbilt. What sticks out with you with them?
3: Vanderbilt usually has like 12 first-round draft picks on their team, which is pretty crazy because um, they don't even have 12 scholarships to offer.
1: <laughs> so, See, yeah. Right, right
3: mean, now they're ranked, what, 10th? They're a top 10 team in the country? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they they're really good. I mean, they got an annoying fan who. And whistles. I'm
1: having you buy me time because my my D1 baseball is not working right now. So you talk while I figure this out.
3: Yeah, there, there's so apparently that you know there there's going to be a guy whistling, um, pretty annoyingly. Is he
2: going to be there? Yeah, that was my question. I would assume he would be there. Um. You know, That's with Vanderbilt, night. they have uh, Enrique Bradfield Jr. Yes. Who is easily the fastest guy in D1 baseball.
1: Yeah, he's terrifying. And he, he <laughs> could start hitting for some power this year, too, which, I mean, you're talking like Golden Spikes if he starts hitting for power. Is he an outfielder?
3: Yeah. Yes. He's on the um, the uh, Golden Spikes watch list as yeah. well. Um, I think on the D1 podcast, they were talking about, like, how many home runs does he have to hit to mm. be considered for the Golden Spikes?
1: Yeah, didn't they land it like he's capable of hitting like
0: 15?
3: Yeah, but I think they were just like how many like as far as the fewest number does he have to hit? Oh yeah. What considered? do they
0: what do they count when they're talking about Golden Spikes is that best player in college baseball? Is that basically Yeah, like they the they were talking trophy? about to win
3: to win the Golden Spikes. Yeah, Golden Spikes is the best college baseball player in the country and it doesn't have to be d1 baseball um a couple of juco guys have won it in the past yeah. uh like bryce harper bryce harper won it mm-hmm. at, uh 20 i don't remember but uh he won it out of southern nevada as like a 17 year old
2: um last year enrique uh he hit eight home runs and stole 46 bases he stole 47 the year prior. So he's probably going to go for 50 this year. Man, if he can go 50-10, that's yeah. incredible.
1: And especially because his name is already out there as like one of the top players in the country. So it's not like he's going to be coming out of nowhere. Um, he's a pretty terrifying guy. And they have some they have some studs on the team. Let's talk about uh Carter Holton, who was gonna be the projected starting pitcher for Vanderbilt. Uh he was a unanimous Um, freshman All-American last year. He went eight and four with a 3.14 ERA. Um, Two complete games. Let's see, where was the strikeouts? 97 strikeouts, 29 walks. In his first start, he did lose to Oklahoma State, seven to five. He went four innings, gave up three hits and four runs. Um, But, man, the kid can play. And he's a a lefty, uh, which, you know, I don't know how much it still holds up, but, TCO historically struggles against lefties. I don't know if that's going to hold true anymore. Barton, um, do you know anything on C- Carter Holton that I haven't covered?
3: No, I think you got it.
1: Okay. Any other guys on Vanderbilt that stick out to you, and kind of what do you what do you think Vanderbilt will do this year?
2: <clears throat> I think they'll be a top half of the SEC team. It doesn't seem like they're that dominant Vanderbilt team of like. A couple of years ago,
1: boy, they really struggled defensively last year. I, <clears throat> the few Vanderbilt games I watched, they were just silly on defense. I don't know if that's going to hold true this year, but something to watch.
2: Yeah, I wonder I think, if this uh, Chris Maldonado kid, if he's related to the Houston Astros catcher. Yeah,
1: I don't know. Um, the other, they, they also, uh, struggled offensively last year, too. I'm looking at their lineup and, they got they got a guy hit 211, 213, 196 250 288 269 you know just looking at batting averages alone man nothing's really jumping out of me there now Enrique Bradfield sticks out because boy he had a hell of a season hit 317 um he had a ops over 900 <sighs> he had eight home runs last year that's that's not nothing.
3: Yeah, they definitely have, like, good players. Obviously, they're always – they always got a couple of guys on the, uh, you know, projected top 10 draft picks or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think, Ray, you know, you hit on something earlier about not being the dominant Vanderbilt team that they've been in the past. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if, you know, that has something to do with Tennessee and LSU or or have just taken off, you know – I mean, they've – LSU has always been good Tennessee not so much you know and then it's an in-state school um man I feel like that maybe they felt a lot of that pressure because do you remember watching (laughs) uh the last two years the uh Tennessee Vanderbilt series and every game is just sold out and there's so many people wearing uh orange even if the even if the game is in Nashville
2: yeah um to piggyback off of that, you know, with Vanderbilt's decline, you know, for years they've been able to kind of skirt the rules on the scholarship situation.
1: Yeah, it's always pissed me off.
2: So I wonder how much NIL in the SCC has kind of leveled that playing field. Because you think yeah. that see Maui Ahuna goes to Tennessee to be their shortstop and gets almost a million-dollar deal to go to Tennessee.
1: right. No, for sure. I'm I'm glad things have kind of evened out because I got sick of watching Vanderbilt dominate by skirting the rules. There's not many teams out there that annoy me more than Vanderbilt. Terrible stadium. They have terrible uniforms. They have the Vandy Whistler. They eliminated TCU from Omaha once or twice. I, I don't like them at all. I'm really excited about this game, and I hope we win.
0: I think we'll win.
2: All
1: right, yeah, we got I'm a lot looking of baseball
0: at... to talk about, fellas. Let's move on to other teams. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure, yeah,
3: we,
2: we
1: play them once. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but this is also kind of this talking about Vanderbilt like this kind of bleeds into you know when we talk about the
0: SEC a little bit later. So, I do want to talk about their uh, second and third assistant coaches for a little bit. If you guys have thoughts okay. on that, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know anything Go about for them. it. I, I I don't know anything about them. So we got Arkansas on Saturday night. That's going to be a fun one.
2: Yes, it'll be very fun, and there will be a lot of Arkansas fans there. You remember whenever the State Farm we played mm-hmm. in it uh, two years ago, but I had those COVID restrictions, and there was still like eighteen thousand people there.
1: Yeah, and they were all locked into every pitch of the game.
2: Yeah, that's where we started the uh, the whole ball, ball. thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So MK, I don't you, I don't think
1: you were there. So, dude, we watched so much baseball that weekend. Wait, that's who we were,
0: wait, who are you, were we playing? Old
1: Miss. No, no. So two years ago, we played Arkansas, and it was like game nine of the State Farm, and I was there for all nine games. So my like attention span was waning. And no kidding. Yeah. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Ten hours of
0: baseball. No. So days. like.
1: So like we're hitting, and we got a guy, or no, they're hitting. They're hitting. They got a guy on first or whatever, and I'm just looking down at my phone, and the stadium's pretty quiet. You know, we're waiting on the next pitch, and. We get completely startled by, like, 15,000 Arkansas fans in unison screaming, BALK! And the umpire kind of jolts awake, and he's like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 BALK, BALK. He gave it to him? Yeah, well, he did BALK.
0: But every single
1: fan caught it before the umpire did. (laughs) This is the damnedest
0: thing I've ever seen. (laughs) They were locked in.
1: Yeah, so that's why Ray and I kind of make fun of it. Very, like, we will y'all balk at the most ridiculous times? So, <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, we did do that a lot last year, but it was, I th- uh, we we got to make sure we don't, you know, jump the shark and and say it like five times a game.
2: Oh, yeah, I, I, you're yeah, talking to Ray there. there. <laughs>
0: I'm I'm, I'm yeah. talking specifically to Ray right now.
2: <laughs> you can't keep me down, brother. <laughs>
0: First pitch, Bach. There's nobody right. on base, Ray. Yeah, There's there. no In, right? There's
2: nobody on base. <laughs> That Man. would be a funny bit. <laughs> like let the game breathe, right?
3: Like,
1: no okay, way. so let's go I'm to Arkansas. Shit
3: down.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So let's talk about Arkansas. Um, oh shit, from... we got. They're gonna throw Hagan Smith against us. That kid is nasty.
2: Yeah, uh, my he's son. There, and he, oh yeah, you're. T- uh, for those who don't know, Jacob matched with his mom on Tinder.
1: Hinge, like, this is not, not Hinge. true, was, uh, not is not true. Uh, bumble this that was like two true. years ago it is true this, yeah it's this, true it's actually true with the pitcher's mom yes. <laughs> yes that was like over two years ago i think How maybe you she'll know be interconnected
0: because no, like, i know like i name. think i
1: probably had something in there about like being a college baseball fan and she saw that and she immediately started talking about her son and she was like, I don't know, he might go to the draft or he might just go to Arkansas. And Martin was like, tell her to tell him to go to TCU. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, yeah, yeah he's you, filthy, I'll, man. I don't know. if, if I'll you, show you call, I'll show oh, you and my future son-in-law around campus. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> no, like during the College World Series last year when he was pitching, I was sending out texts like, yeah, I'm going to turn on the Arkansas game, watch my son. <laughs> yeah he's starting and it's back to back lefties, and the kid can pitch, man. i did you guys remember yeah. watching
3: him? i remember year? I remember when he came out of high school um because he's from East Texas, yeah, and he had i think I was i don't know. I think I was following his team in the playoffs or something, but he had like a point zero one e r a or something. Yeah, His junior year or something, had like five thousand strikeouts. No, yeah. he's
1: he's great. He's a big, tall yeah. kid. He can he he throws several different pitches. Throws them for strikes. Throws yeah. hard, man. There's, man he left. doesn't have very many weaknesses.
2: Yeah, uh, on the offensive side, you've got to look out for. It all starts with uh, Peyton Stovall.
1: Yeah, he'll lead he's their offense. He's a stud, and, they, and their lineup is pretty
0: loaded. So I think i want to look big picture real quick. We, we've we got three SEC teams are playing and we'll yeah. talk about the Shriners uh, classic in a little bit. But when you're looking at an opening weekend with three teams that you're not going to see the rest of the season, two of them are top 10 ranked. You know, if TCU goes three and oh, or if they go zero and three, would you agree that you can't take a ton away from maybe that first weekend outside of, hey, feeling good or feeling not so good? We got some things to work on.
1: I think that's a perfect segue into talking about the Big 12 and that's where we'll go to Martin. Martin, tell us why you I assume you don't think that a bad start this weekend is really an indicator of a bad season. Just talk about the Big 12 as a whole. Just I mean it could general.
3: be. I mean, it just depends how we play, you know. As long as we're not getting smoked, which I Jesus Christ, could you even imagine that happening? I can't even imagine that happening. I but, can see us
1: you know, struggling offensively when we got back-to-back freshman All-Americans going up against us.
3: Right. But, um, I mean, I'm not feeling too bad if we lose, you know, two out of three this weekend against two top ten teams. But, um, I mean, definitely don't want to get, you know, blown out. Yeah. So, T- but sure
1: let's let's go to the Big Twelve.
0: Like a, you did a I'm lot a. of
1: research on the Big Twelve.
0: Yeah. Okay, so real quick, um, conference series, we've got obviously eight of them at home. They host Kansas, Oklahoma State, Texas, and Baylor. Away series are Oklahoma, Texas Tech, West yeah. Virginia, and Kansas State, which actually that's a pretty tough away slate, it's, in my opinion. It could be um, worse.
3: But, yeah, I'm glad we have Oklahoma State at home coming to Lupton.
0: Yeah, I'm just In saying, Oklahoma. remember, you know, so far, we, it's like yeah. you've got our pitchers and, and guys saying Tech is the hardest place to play. West Virginia is just far, far, far away. Kansas well, State we, whatever, but.
3: We have Oklahoma State and Texas at home, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's
3: pretty That's pretty good.
1: So we we go to West Virginia, we go to K-State,
0: we go to Tech, and what was the other one, MK? Oklahoma. Hey, Oklahoma, Okay. Which so, D one projected as number three in the Big Twelve.
1: Yeah, let's talk about let's Oklahoma talk about State that. And, I, uh, yeah. I have a question. So they're picking us D one's picking us second to finish in the conference. And I'm just wondering as back to back um conference champions, does that not hold any weight? Or does it not really matter because Oklahoma State's obviously really good? But we've won the conference twice in a row and we weren't picked to win it either year. I'm just wondering, at what point do we start getting taken? S-
0: uh, it's hard to say. We're not being taken seriously, finishing second. But you know what? I, you know what I mean. If we had, if we had a single returning starter on the weekend, that that might flip. But okay. they've got, yeah, they've got the, point. they've got the pitcher of the yeah. year. Pro- you know, projected mm-hmm. um, Oklahoma State. What's it? Warren Jura- Watts Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's also the newcomer of the year. Apparently, I don't know if he's a. a tra- I'm guessing he's a he's transfer. A tr- he's a transfer from Long Beach State. There you go. So what do you, they have they have that him? they have this picture that they're expecting big things from. And, it, and we're expecting big things from Cam Brown and, and Ryan Vanderhey, but we still don't know that yet. Yeah, they're um, unproven. Yeah.
3: Right. Brown Brown was a NCAA All American last year for uh Long Beach State. So he's done it. Um I mean he did it against the big West Coast Conference or whatever, you know, it's not the yeah. Not the, the bunting conference. Yeah, yeah. The bunting conference. But you know, it's definitely not the Big 12, but you know, he's actually he's actually done something at the D1 level. He's uh,
1: the most predictable sure thing, I think, out of all the pitchers in the conference.
0: Probably. So, so on the reverse point of yours, Jacob, where you said we're not getting the benefit of the doubt, I'm curious why Oklahoma, they're, they're top four, which when's the last time they were they would have been ranked in the top half of the conference? But, you know, but they're getting that Omaha that, you know, that bump, basically, yeah, they and, they made and Martin, that run cu- at the end of the season.
1: I'm curious of your thoughts on this, Martin, because they've lost so much. You know, they, they, peaked, they peaked last year and made the most of
3: it, but can they replicate that? Do they have the depth? Um, Oklahoma always has good baseball players. Yeah. Um, I think the thing is, uh, I guess, having them all at the same time when they're good, because, um, I mean, you know, for the last, Ever since we've been in the Big 12, uh, they've always had, you know, good players like Kyler Murray was one of the best uh, college baseball players I've ever seen. Yeah, and, he was. Amazing. Uh, you know, he's like showing up. Doesn't even warm up because he was at spring practice or whatever. Uh, but Oklahoma has Oklahoma has the talent. Um, mm-hmm. They did lose a lot. And I do think they are getting a bump because they made it to the finals last year. So I don't know if
1: you guys saw, but speaking of talent, I went through and uh, tallied all the top 50 um, draft prospects for each team for 2023, 2024. And then I tallied the impact freshmen. So TCU for the 2023 draft has 11 top 50 prospects. They have four for 2024 and seven impact freshmen. Now, By comparison, Oklahoma has five, six and four. So it's almost like if you want to use this as some kind of measuring stick, we almost double Oklahoma in draft talent or freshman talent. Like, what do you make of that, Martin?
3: Uh, Top 50, I think, is watered down a lot. Um, You know, obviously, there's a big difference between the, you know, somebody in the top 10 versus, you know, 49 and 50 or whatever, you know.
1: Okay, so to that point, I also did the average rank the 11 top 50 prospects for 2023 uh for TCU averages 28 whereas the 5 for Oklahoma averages 15. So, maybe like more top heavy where is a little more spread out, but they yeah, have more I, of it.
3: I I don't think I I think we're talking about Oklahoma a little bit too much. Uh Oklahoma state I think is going to be the <laughs> the real threat. Okay, why is that? They're loaded. They have uh they have Watts Brown and then they got Rock Riggio. Um he's like a stud middle infielder. I don't know if he plays shortstop or if he plays second base, but he was one of the highest uh regarded players coming out of high school 2 years ago. He played all right, uh but I think he missed most of the uh TCU series in Stillwater last year, so we didn't really get to see him, but he got he got pretty hot after that i think he was injured during the ccu series and then they got nolan uh, McLean. he he's... was the guy that that was he was playing third base and then he like came in to relieve yeah uh he's one of the top uh two way players in the country um he's a solid third baseman and then he comes in he's like a late reliever um apparently he's a boomer best hitter right yeah he's he's like a power hitter uh um, yeah and I think he is also boomer bust uh, on the mound. He throws hard. Um, he has he had five saves last year, but his ERA was like four point five. Supposedly he's going to be uh, a lot better this year. Okay. And, uh, Marcus Brown, I think he's a shortstop. Supposed to be pretty good. And then they got they got a bunch of guys. Um, Tyler Wolfert, he's a JUCO transfer from Midland. Uh, I think he plays third base. He was, you know, just another. He has a crazy stat line, like uh, Cole Fontanelli. Yeah, Cole Fontanelli. I don't know, but apparently Oklahoma State has a ton of guys who play infield and pitch for them.
1: (laughs) It's so so weird.
3: Yeah, that's Um, wild. Every guy
1: on their team is Luke and Baker.
3: Yeah, and then there's another guy (laughs) named uh, I think his name is Carson Benji.
0: God, I Uh, forgot Luke and pitched. <laughs> yeah, he was really yeah. good too. Yeah.
3: It would have been cool if he would have like been a reliever like pitched his whole career.
0: Who came in yeah. at the end uh was it Toplanski that came in for, to pitch like for a for an inning at the Dude, end of one? A-
1: that that was like your highlight moment of the year last year when Hunter Toplanski came yeah. in to pitch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and wasn't uh wasn't Tommy like looking over and like Gray was was pissed off cuz Oh yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then okay.
3: Carson Carson Benji I think is his name. He was a freshman last year, but he was uh he missed the whole year I think with Tommy John. Uh another infielder who pitches, um throws mid 90s, high 90s. Oklahoma State is loaded.
2: They, they are and even mention a- uh David Bent- Mendham who will play first base for him this year. He had 11 home runs for him last year. Is is he the guy kid off of uh King of the Hill? No, he graduated. Oh man, I'm I'm gonna miss
1: that guy.
3: Oh, that guy from Western Kentucky looked like a rooster on steroids, no rooster on steroids.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, you know what? You know he looks that. You know who I'm talking about on King of the
2: Hill? Yeah, yeah the bully, oh, Bob. Yeah,
3: Bob.
1: <laughs> but Martin, as you noted, um, we have Oklahoma State at home. That's gonna be. I mean, it seems like at Lupton we have just one, you know, batshit series. Like last year was Tech where it's just rocking from first pitch to last pitch every game. That's going to be when Oklahoma State comes to Lupton, that's going to be that series this year.
2: Which probably series will be more batshit, that OSU series? Yeah, I was just
1: going to say probably more than Texas. I think Oklahoma State is going to be
3: rocking more.
2: Because
1: Texas is a big deal just because they're Texas.
3: When do we play each of those schools?
0: Yeah, MK, you got the schedule? I do. Um, So... Obviously started off a non-conference. They don't have their first conference series until middle of March against, uh, that's at Oklahoma, Kansas. Uh, Mm. They're at Tech at the end of March. We host Oklahoma State immediately after that, so um, early April. Easter weekend. And then Texas is late April.
2: Yeah, the Oklahoma State series will be a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, like Tech. That's
0: right. Yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, which is interesting because they still have that Tuesday game. Um, but then they, they don't really have – yeah, and then Texas is the end of April.
1: Okay, so yeah. Oklahoma State projected to finish first, uh, TCU second, um, and then third place, Martin, Texas Tech. Tell me about these Red Raiders. I think they're a bunch of uh, – they're, they're children, right? Very young team.
3: I, I don't know if they're young. I know that they are – it's just a lot of guys that have not really gotten a chance to play. Okay. Um, I'm not a believer in Texas Tech this year.
1: You think they're ranked too high?
3: Preseason? Um, yeah. As far as this uh, preseason preview. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I just don't see it, honestly. Uh, you tell me
0: you're you're betting against Patrick Mahomes, Martin? What the hell? <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. He wasn't very good at baseball.
0: <laughs> he got drafted
1: <laughs> by the Tigers, though.
3: Yeah, at a high school. Yeah. But he wasn't re- really good at, at college. I think his oh, he has an infinite ERA at Tech.
0: That's right. That's cool. Did he come in for like an inning and gave up just a ton of runs?
3: Yeah, he didn't get no, well, I think he gave up like three runs, but he didn't get anybody out.
0: <laughs> so it looks like
1: they have a few pitchers who are um, somewhat high on the prospect ranking. They don't have anybody in the top 20, but then they have, Number twenty four, number twenty six, and number twenty eight—all right-handed pitchers: Brendan Gurton, Jack Washburn, and Brandon Beckel. None of those names really stand out to me. And then you go to thirty-one; and they have Bo Blessy, another right-handed pitcher. So, are are we talking about a Texas Tech team whose strength is their pitching?
3: Uh, Mason Molina, I think, was pretty good last year, but he just didn't—he uh, wasn't a starter all year. Um. But yeah, man,
1: he was two and the, five yeah, with
2: the three nine ERA.
1: Their only position player in the 2023 top 50 draft prospects in the conference is Dylan Carter, a name that you know we kind of know. He's 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 a dude. Yeah, He hit you know?
3: 199 last year.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's a he's a name that's been around. It's kind of like yeah. Hudson. I think Hudson White is kind of their offensive leader, right?
3: Yeah, Hudson White is good, uh, but he's a he's good for a catcher. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, there's not, nothing
1: really in the lineup that sticks out of me that scares me.
3: There's there's a guy from o- Oregon State, a transfer from Oregon State. He's a redshirt senior. Yeah, and uh, they got a shortstop uh, freshman shortstop starting at. Just like we do. Yeah. Um, they got a transfer from Rice and left field. He's a junior. So, I mean, it's. Now they do. Yeah. To
1: your point, they have some pretty highly touted uh freshmen. They have this kid, uh Gage Harrelson center fielder. But, you know, with freshmen, they could be real hit or miss or not, you know, they could be good, but not playing up to their potential yet.
3: So yeah. if so, so if tech has a good year and if they finish third in the conference, Tim Tadlock for, for uh, coach, coach of, of the year, the year honestly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we covered Oklahoma,
1: their projected finished fourth. We'll move on from them. Uh, this is surprising to me. So Texas went to Omaha last year. They lost a lot, but, for them to p- be projected to finish fifth. And D1 does not have them making a regional. Do you agree or disagree, Martin? Wait, is that right? No, That's, they're
2: they're projected to make a regional. I was going to say. Oh,
1: not. they are. I'm sorry. Yeah, they're okay, a two-seed. I misread. I'm sorry. Okay, that would have been real shocking to me. But nevertheless, they're projected to finish fifth in the conference. Which is
0: wild, because usually they're one or two.
1: And, and especially since they went to Omaha last year, you would think they right. would just get a bump in the rankings because of that. But they did lose a lot. They they lost Melendez, thank God.
3: Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that's a huge loss. Yeah. So, I mean, do you think it's because they think the Big 12 is that good? Or do you think, I don't know, they're, they're overrating well, Ivan in, Melendez?
1: In conversations you and I have had, you are not too high on the conference as a whole. Is that right? Or have you changed your position on that?
3: I'm not as high on the conference as it was last year where every single team had, you know, six-year um, seniors and was killing Baylor and Kansas every week. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I think with Texas, the big question mark this year is when does Tanner win and or if does Tanner Witt come back?
1: Yeah, because uh, yeah, he's big. not going to start the season, right? He's still coming off of injury.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't think... It would be April if he comes back. But I've even heard that he doesn't – he just either wants the redshirt or just get ready for the draft. Right. Is well, that they right?
1: still have Is it... They still have Lucas Gordon and um, Dylan oh, – man, I just saw the name. Gosh, I just lost my Lu- – Lucas Gordon and Zach Morehouse. They still have those guys coming back.
2: Yeah, and then they still have um, – who was that freshman third baseman last year? uh flores uh jalen um, flores yeah
1: yeah jalen flores yeah
2: he's a freshman this year oh he's a freshman this year um yeah they he's...
1: have him as a 24 prospect okay so. yeah
2: freshman this year um is Dylan he a red campbell? shirt or bill and campbell yeah. he's
3: just i think he's a 19 year old freshman
1: okay yeah 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 so he is a Draft prospect next year, but he is a freshman. He's the number one impact freshman in the conference.
3: Yeah, he's a preseason D1 freshman of the year.
1: They also have a new um, first baseman, Jared Thomas, highly touted freshman. Um, Yeah, they have a ton of pitching, it looks like. They but have finished finish fifth, man. I...
3: Yeah, so they have a lot of talent. Uh, the reason I asked earlier when we play Texas is because – they're gonna to have to figure a lot of stuff out with a lot of mm-hmm. new guys. So
0: I mean, they have the talent to do it. Um, you know, it's just it I would have been better. Gotten, it probably would have been better to hit them early on in the season, is what you're saying.
3: It would have been easier.
0: Yeah, but they do come to Lupton. The schedule
1: really, I think, favors us this year.
2: Yeah, we so think it's compared to games.
1: Looking yeah. at, I mean. Like, if you're looking at the top half of the conference, okay, yeah, we got to go to Norman. But between Texas, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma State, we have two of those three series at home.
0: Yeah.
3: I think okay. with if, Texas, I think we've just gotten used to them having, you know, a lot of experienced guys, juniors, uh, seniors, redshirt seniors, COVID seniors, grad transfers. We've just gotten used to them, you know, just being the more experienced team and, you know, usually have a bunch of guys who have been to Omaha. And that's really not the case this year.
1: Yeah, it really is interesting to think like we're getting out of the COVID era and a lot of teams, TCU included, has been stacking their teams with, you know, sixtier year guys and those guys are all moving on now. And It seems like the conference as a whole, there's a lot of turnover. And that's why I feel like we've been doing these previews and it's like, well, there's potential, but let's wait and see. And it seems like other teams in the conference are dealing with that maybe more than we are.
2: I will say with Texas, we don't face them in May. So you know Porter Brown's not going to kill us. Oh, that's a good point. But
0: yeah, yeah that would, would be interesting to watch Porter Brown, how he so does. I would, I, I would not be surprised if any of those top five teams won the conference. You know, Oklahoma State, TCU, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Texas. Yeah, so, Texas. so, but so let's talk you, about – If you're talk looking the, at – the bottom sorry, half. Go ahead. Yeah, just the bot. Like, d- does anyone have the potential to make a splash out of West Virginia, Kansas, Kansas State, or Baylor? I mean, West, I don't know. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. All right, Martin, you're high on West Virginia, right?
3: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty high on West Virginia just because uh, the returning talent, they've got uh, – what's the lefty's name? Ben Wilson or something. Let us see if I can pull it up. Ben Hampton, I think his name was. Okay. He uh, went to the Cape Cod League uh over the summer and he was like one of the best pitchers in the league mm-hmm. uh and then i think they're I think they're they an, pretty good they have
1: another guy another guy on the mound carlson reed yeah you know anything about him uh no so with west virginia when i when i look at them man i think they have some guys who really stick out and then i feel like their roster kind of falls off a cliff after those guys because they're i mean with this talent composition that I put together they're they're at the bottom, very bottom of the big twelve as far as
0: draftable players, impact freshmen. do you I think, think so. a guy like do you think a transfer like Austin Davis would have swayed yeah. um would have swayed that team to being higher ranked in the big twelve if he stayed on probably
1: all right um so I think we can all agree though after West Virginia that D1 has the bottom 3 correct uh between K-State Kansas and Baylor I mean those are kind of games where you got to stack wins
2: uh I'm interested in Kansas this year they brought in uh Dylan what Dylan Fitzgerald as their coach they have a couple of LSU transfers on their team a Tennessee transfer a Tech transfer a kid from Cal, a kid from Nebraska, a kid so from... They really they can't
3: recruit, so they're trying to piece things together. And- uh, I don't know, man. I think the transfer portal counts as recruiting now.
1: Okay, yeah, but you know what I mean, though. They don't have,
3: yeah. like, high school superstars, right? but, but yeah, I mean... Yeah, Dylan Fitzgerald was at, at DBU, right? And then he was at LSU. I'm yeah, that's that's not the same Dylan Fitzgerald that played outfield for
2: us. Or, or Dan Fitzgerald is, is his name. Sorry, Dan. Yeah,
1: Dylan yeah. Fitzgerald is a former second baseman, I believe, for TCU. <laughs> he uh yeah,
3: he's so he is it's so it's interesting the way that he's building his team versus the way uh the new Baylor coaches. Um He's bringing in like a bunch of JUCO guys, and this Dylan Fitzgerald is bringing in a bunch of D one talent. So it's going to be interesting. I, I I think Fitzgerald is going to be more successful, but I do want to see how it plays out.
2: Yeah, I think all right. Baylor's going to finish last in the conference this year. Yeah, they're they're bad. I'm um, fine with
3: that. Just so you guys know,
2: yeah. I'm
1: totally fine <laughs> with that. <laughs> so they they come told- up to Upton that. It's hard to say any Big 12 series is a must-sweep, but, man, I think when winning the conference comes down to a game or two, if you don't sweep Baylor, you're really leaving the door open. But, hey, Martin, let's do this. I'm going to quickly run through each team in the conference in order of their projected finish, and you tell me higher or lower. Okay. All right, so with Oklahoma State, they're projected one. So it's either at one or lower.
3: So (laughs) I'm – I am, man, I am buying all the Oklahoma State stock. However, last year, honestly, for like the last two years, I've been saying that this TCU team is going to go to Omaha. So I'm all in on TCU and I have been all in on this TCU team for two years now. So I'm going to say lower And one.
1: Yeah. All right. TCU, higher or lower? Higher. Okay. So you have TCU, Oklahoma State, one, two?
3: Yeah, just like last year.
1: Right. Okay. Texas Tech at three. Higher, lower, or at the same? Lower. Oklahoma, four.
2: Oklahoma at four.
3: Yeah. I'm going to say lower.
1: Okay. So, Texas at five.
2: Higher.
3: I'm going to say higher.
1: So, you have TCU, Oklahoma State, Texas?
3: Yes. I do not.
0: Who do you have? He's got West third? Virginia. Martin's got West Virginia, number three. All right, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Somebody's let's keep paying
3: attention. Let's,
0: <laughs> let's keep going.
1: All right, West Virginia at six. Higher, lower, at the same. Higher. Kansas at seven. Uh, same.
3: Yeah, probably the.
1: Okay, Kansas State at eight. Yes. Actually,
3: swap, swap Kansas and uh, Kansas State for me.
1: Okay. See. Okay. And then Baylor at nine. Okay. So give me your top five project, or I guess top six projected finish.
3: Dude, if TCU, I TCU Oklahoma pick, State. If I could pick Iowa State over Baylor,
0: I would. <laughs> no one's stopping you, Martin.
3: <laughs> okay, let's pretend I did.
0: Would you All pick right, Martin, Clinton County your, over Baylor? Give us your
1: top six. You have TCU Oklahoma State. Who do you have at three? West Virginia. West Virginia three. You know, they're not being projected to make it regional.
3: Um, I don't care. Uh, yeah, no, I know you couple, don't. I'm just a couple, couple years ago, a couple years ago, look, a couple years ago, D one was sucking their balls so hard. <laughs> they had them like hosting a regional or whatever. They had them top twenty-five. I said they suck. And they sucked. <laughs> <laughs> so they're saying they suck, and I'm saying they're good. So
0: let's let's see who's right.
3: Hey, All real right. quick,
0: okay, I, I want one one comment on Baylor. Why yeah. are they supposed to be so bad? I mean, in the past, they've had a couple of good players, maybe a couple of draftable players, maybe one starter that you well, know, scares the frogs. Like, what's the, what's the deal with this year?
1: Well, for one, MK, they fired their coach, and well, a lot I know, of guys yeah.
0: transferred out, yeah.
1: So they're rebuilding, but they have no talent, man. They are at the dead so, bottom of. Hey, prospects. they've got
2: Hunter Toplanski. Yeah, <laughs> but there's so, I don't I don't know if he makes okay. it on
1: the list of.
3: Talented guys. I'm honestly surprised they fired Steve Rodriguez last year because he's pretty, you know, he's a pretty well regarded coach. What's surprising is they sucked so bad last year, and they actually had talent. Like they had a guy drafted like in the first round. Yeah. And then they're so he left, and then I think like their top four or five players transferred out. So considering how bad baylor was last year you just imagine that they're going to be worse this year gotcha
1: okay so that pretty much rounds out the conference okay so just to quickly recap i think if we just use this discussion as our um podcast projected finish i think we have tcu oklahoma state west virginia although i'm going to disagree i'm going to i disagree too yeah okay um and then okay just between between this between oklahoma
0: clown outfits on the line here (laughs) let's disagree a little bit
1: so between between oklahoma texas and texas tech how do we have them finishing
2: texas oklahoma tech
1: i have i'll say texas texas tech oklahoma yeah same okay
0: all right so let's move on from the conference um Real Is quick, there any- but so before we – I know we talked about the Globe Life, but let me run yeah. through the other non-conference. That's where I was going to go. If there's go anybody you want to chat about. I, we don't have to dive in deep to any of these teams. But No, no, no. That's where I was going to go too. Florida so. State Home Series um, right after Globe Life. That will be not this weekend but the following weekend, February 24th to 26th. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's the first Home Series at Lupton.
1: Yeah, that's um, going
0: to be great. Shriners Classic after that. So – You've got some great teams in it. Louisville, Michigan, Rice, Texas Tech, TCU and AM. Unfortunately, TCU is not playing A&M. It would be at a great time to to beat them wow, like we that, do every year. That's a travesty. Yeah. If they're not playing A&M. I, I feel like I feel like AM put in a word not to so they didn't have to play TCU. Um but they've got they'll play Michigan on Friday, March 3rd, Louisville on the 4th and Rice on the 5th. Um after that, other non-conference games to that are worth mentioning San Diego not the state uh right University Unbubton. of Northwestern for kind of an odd Big Ten midweek Wednesday game they must be down here uh getting some summer ball in because yeah. it's too cold <laughs> up there mm-hmm. um and then frogs host uh UNC Williamton in April that must be part of the trade for Hunter Hodges that we got uh so that's- <laughs> and then uh actually a fun one at the end of the year well in May frogs host Cal State Fullerton the alma mater of our coach Kirk Sarlers. So this is a pretty challenging um,
1: slate because almost all those teams in M.K. are projected to make the tournament. Um, Florida State, to start, they're coming to Lupton. They're projected to be a two seed in the regional. And then San Diego, after that, is projected to be a three seed. Now, the Shriners, um, the only team that T.C. will be facing is projected to make the postseason is Louisville. They're projected to be a two seed. So that'll be a tough game, but they should be able to handle Michigan and Rice, no problem. Um, who else did you mention? Northwestern is just a filler game. Um the, the thing that's gonna annoy me is when we're losing to like DBU. I I can't stand playing DBU. They annoy the crap out of me. Um, Martin, what do you what do you think about anybody in the non conference?
2: Before that, uh well i I'm, I'm gonna take this one for Martin for a little bit. Um uh, Florida State, new head coach, link chair. Yeah. Kit came over from Notre Dame. Do y'all think it's good that we're getting Notre Dame or Florida State early this year as opposed to when we played them at the end of April last year? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think with baseball, it's
1: guys know guys know how to pitch, guys know how to hit. I, I don't know if there really is a lot of meshing and building under a new coach like there is, say, in, like, football. Where everything is so interrelated, and you're relying on so many other guys to do different things, and everybody has to be on the same page, baseball is more of like an independent sport. So I don't think it matters as much, but I do like that we're playing these hard opponents up front because I'm curious to see how this team handles that kind of competition early on.
3: I think it's good we play them at home.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It didn't go so well last year in Tallahassee, so. I what mean, happened
3: what happened to their head coach from last year?
2: I think they fired
3: him Did they fire him wasn't it Mike Martin's son?
2: yeah, I think or, they, or fired did you they fired him they stepped
3: actually... down didn't they make the tournament they made the tournament that's weird
0: so I know we're assuming that we have the weekend rotation wrapped up, you know with with cam uh Hey, and Savage but you know, it, it, this is the only the second weekend that they're pitching. So that's another thing, too, is I feel like it takes half a season to really figure out not just the rotation, but who's coming in second, third. You know, who, I mean, we know who our closer is with gear, right? But that's, you know, I guess on, on the reverse side of what you guys were talking about. I think Frogs will still be figuring that part out of their of their lineup. So
1: definitely um, Mike Martin Jr. fired June 10th, 2022. He's not currently coaching anywhere.
0: That Hopefully, he's enjoying his life. You know
1: what? What's going on? here? Do we have a
3: conspiracy, a
2: controversy?
3: <laughs> so, from February seventeenth until March nineteenth, eight of TCU's twelve opponents made the NCAA tournament last year, including two of the final four teams: uh, Oklahoma and Arkansas.
0: There you go. I'm so, I, I'm I'm glad you told us about San Diego, uh Jacob, because I didn't realize that they were gonna be yeah, good they're pro- they're
3: projected to
1: win the big west and be the only tournament team out of the conference.
0: How about so, that? So it's it's a it's a I mean it's a loaded schedule.
1: Yeah. It is. Um but man, that doesn't even start to scratch the surface, really, what's going on nationally. Like if you look at the the SEC, just Throw a dart again. Throw a dart at the wall, and you're going to hit an elite team. Mm-hmm. I mean, we covered Vanderbilt, we covered Arkansas, but Tennessee has two of the best pitchers in the country in their staff. Top five, like two of the top five. Yeah, it's that is insane.
2: And then their their lineup is loaded again too. Um,
1: but. They're not preseason number one, right? I don't have it in front of me. I need to
2: no uh LSU was but
0: LSU of course. I mean, okay, yeah, let's talk about LSU for a second. LSU just. is loaded at every position. I mean Well, they, they have-
1: brought in every best player as a transfer.
0: Yeah. Tommy White from NC yeah. State. Yeah. Um home run. I mean, just yeah. Uh, uh, the guy from
3: uh Air Force. He's uh he was a DH and their ace last year. They they went down to the wire with UT, didn't they, in the in their regional? yeah yeah they did. I thought so they were pretty
1: pull
3: it much, off. LSU pretty much looked at the all Americans and just said, Hey, you want to come to LSU Just wrote them checks.
1: So LSU will continue the longstanding tradition in college baseball of being the number one seed and doesn't make it to Omaha. I can't wait to see who beats them.
2: How many years is that going on now? Oh my God, since it's just like twenty of the last twenty one years
1: i is yeah, it, right? I think I think basically ever since the regional process started
2: since they expanded the super regionals yeah was that like 97 and it's
1: not it's not the preseason number one MK it's the number one overall national seed
0: which LSU might so be. that's at the end of the season yeah, yeah. exactly a regular so like
1: so like last year it was Tennessee remember how they were unbeatable
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they took a big fat L at Knoxville against Notre Dame and Notre Dame went to Omaha
2: and then link Jarrett went to Florida State
0: mm-hmm. that's right yeah, there's, the, yeah, there's yeah. the connection.
3: Imagine losing to a team that lost their head coach after <laughs> after he beat
0: you. Okay, so if I'm looking at the top 25 specifically, I guess the the top, let's say the top 15, I it's see a bunch of SEC, SEC I see a bunch of ACC, <laughs> a couple of Big 12, and then Stanford right plop in the middle at number three. What's that? About? Martin
2: Martin's buying Stanford, dude. Stanford's going to be good.
3: Stanford is the only team that tries in California. <laughs>
2: It's
1: so weird because they don't invest anything in any other sport, but baseball they they do.
3: Stanford loves all their sports. I think they play like the most. They love them all.
0: The problem is they love them all equally.
3: (laughs) That's that's true. That's the thing. And um, so they, I think they have like the most sports in the country. So they they'll play whatever, and they they invest money into it. I think maybe that takes some away from football, which is why they suck at it. But yeah. You know, for baseball, California is like the number one state at pumping out uh, MLB players. So uh, if Stanford is the only team in the state that actually tries to be good at baseball and, you know, tries to update their facilities, they're going to be a top. I think they're a top three team in the country. Do they invest in their
1: facilities? Because it looks like they play in the dark.
2: Yeah, I would yeah, push but back. I would think UCLA it's, it's also. You you can put UCLA up there too. They play
3: in a little league field. I'll
2: UCLA plays Stanford's in a little league field. Stanford's not much better. Stanford
3: is Dude, watching fucking that cool. Texas State. The Sunken game, Diamond. The Sunken Diamond is a cool stadium. You need to fucking go.
2: Man, it looks like it looks like crap on TV. Yeah, it looked like trash. I don't
3: know. Maybe it doesn't translate, but it was cool sitting there watching them play Santa Clara. It was a boring game though. They
0: should have had frog vision.
2: I don't know, man. I,
3: I,
1: pers- <laughs> it is a um it is like a life value of mine to not take the pack seriously. So I am selling Stanford. I'm sorry. I'm sure do you will have, have a great regular. Jacob, season. do
0: you have any Pac 12 teams in your Omaha 8?
1: Um, I haven't put it together yet, but no. <laughs> I'm tell you right now, <laughs> I'd put ECU in there before um before anything in the Pac 12. It's so, got to
2: preseason Omaha eight, so we can go back and compare them. Yeah. In June. Okay. So here's what's
1: interesting too. Like I'm looking at I'm looking at the top 25, and I see ECU, I see Southern Miss. Um, who's another one that jumped out at me? Oregon's kind of out of nowhere. Well, the point I was going to make is it seems like every year in the top 25 you have these like small, like lesser known conference teams ranked really high. But those teams don't go to Omaha anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. ECU like, goes to Omaha, don't they? They don't. No, they never make it to. Omaha. No, it dude, they the never. Won.
2: They make it to supers and choke. Yeah,
0: yeah, they always lose in the supers. I'm picking them every year because at some point they're going to make it. You know, it's just a, just no, a matter of Omaha, time. Omaha, Omaha is
1: big state. You like family reunion?
3: <laughs> yeah. But why does that? Why does that surprise you that teams like Southern Miss and. East Carolina are in the top twenty-five. I mean, only uh, eight... it doesn't
1: really surprise me, but it's just only eight go to Omaha. I know, yeah, 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 I get it. But ECU is ranked eleventh. Are you buying that? ECU? Yeah,
2: they uh, were pretty good last year,
3: dude. I mean, they're it's because
1: the, I know, American...
2: Yeah,
3: I know. the yeah, American, I know the American Conference sucks. Uh, they're gonna win like fifty
0: games. They they look like they have a pretty cool home environment. ECU. They do. That was
2: watching that Texas Super was so much fun. They've got that outfield tailgating area.
3: I think part of it, you know, D1 ranking them that high, I think is the guys at D1 kind of want ECU to be good. They want them to be a Omaha. And that's team. kind
1: of the point I'm really making is yeah. do they really believe in this or is it, man, we got to throw in a, a mid-major team in here so it doesn't look like we're just SEC homers. Because do you really think they're better than, um, I don't know, UCLA or. Okay, do you North, think they're better than TCU? TCU's no, ranked 15. Uh, no, I don't think so.
3: No. no, so so ECU is actually in a mid major conference. Uh, that American conference is tracked. Uh, Southern Mississippi is in the Sun Belt, and that's a power four baseball conference or power five. Right, okay. The big, yeah, 10, but, the big ten but they're subs, ranked,
1: but they're ranked but they ranked 18th you would think they would have them ranked higher
3: you would think i don't know maybe they maybe they're like man can they handle that transition over to the big sun belt this <laughs> is their first, other,
1: this is their who, first year just as to kind of wrap up we've been going pretty long so out of the top twenty five martin what kind of sticks out at you who are you interested in like what what are your storylines here
3: uh let me pull it up
2: uh, how about Virginia Tech? Yeah, I like, mean, I was hit.
1: reading a little about them. I'm trying to remember what I read. Like, I think they hit the shit out of the ball.
2: They do. Their pitching questionable.
1: Match.
2: The ACC mash is. I mean, yeah, it, you've got Rake Forest in there. They're not ranked, but that's another masher.
0: North Carolina, Carolina. Not ranked. So. It, no, they, they are right. They're they're six. Yeah, they're, they're six. Yeah. Oh God, I I didn't scroll up far <laughs> <to say laughs> No, they're yeah. projected to be a, a yeah. Yeah, super host. Yeah. Oh yeah, we I could have can... sworn. That's so, a storyline right there.
1: Just real right quick, forward. while Martin's gathering his thoughts, um, the preseason field of sixty four has TCU hosting a regional. That's the good news. The bad news is they're the fifteen seed, and if they are able to escape Oregon, Louisiana Tech, and McNeese. Then they gotta go to Knoxville. Bring <laughs> so, it. I just
0: it. Notre Dame did it. Yeah, I, I, know, know. I know, I know. I appreciate D one for putting these you know, the top sixty four together because it keeps you, you know, it gives you a good idea where they're at, but at the same right. time, none of this stuff matters until that final selection. Like, no you have it no won't. idea.
1: I wonder, it won't, but it is uh, a good starting
0: point. The only thing D, that they got uh, D1 like, really right have... the whole yeah, the whole time wonder, was the fact that like they were matched up with AM, which we just knew that was gonna happen anyway. You know, right. Right.
2: Do you think D1 would have uh, changed, flipped Tennessee and LSU after the news of that uh, Grant pitcher that has to have Tommy John?
1: No, I don't think so. He Vegas did.
2: Yeah.
0: Vegas flipped
2: the odds. Oh wow. Well, maybe.
0: Tennessee's a favorite. Now. Well,
2: are, are the
0: these odds with, for Vegas, are they to go to Omaha or are they to win the whole thing? To win the Natty. So the only thing there
1: is Vegas responds to the money that comes in, right? Mm-hmm. So, you might have people getting overzealous and pouring money in on Tennessee, but that doesn't actually mean that that's what's going to happen. What's TCU's odds this year? Uh, I think they were like plus 1,500, uh, kind of up there, but kind of in the second or third tier of odds.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Looks like I'm trying to remember the chart that Ben Upton tweeted.
1: Yeah. All right, um, we're running out of steam, so let's throw out any final thoughts because this this has been a long episode.
0: Yeah, it has. If um, uh, okay, if blank happens, TCU will win the Big Twelve.
2: If their pitching is uh, what we think it is,
0: well, we, what do we think it is?
2: If it if unproven, Kim- Brown and Ra- Ryan Vanderhyde are what we think they are.
1: If I, I was going to say, if the pitching is good enough. However you want to define they I don't think okay. they have to be lights out amazing.
3: Yeah. I think I think it's if the pitching doesn't specific, lose
1: games for us, if they're not just to,
3: awful. To be more specific, um, if Cam Brown is as good as he can be, because Ryan Vanderhy, he was in the Big 12 last year. Honestly, he probably had a tougher time last year than he will this year because he played for kansas the worst team in the conference and he had to play against the team that put 30 on him now he doesn't have to not on him but on his team he doesn't have to play against that team now he's on that team so i think so according to uh, the advanced stats ryan vanderheye was just as good as uh riley cornelio and marcelo perez were last year
2: and to build off of that Real quick, uh, Vander High doesn't have to be extended. Like they probably, yeah. you know, I was reading Jamie's article today and he brought up a good point that he probably had to pitch an inning longer than he should have each time because right. Kansas didn't have any bullpen depth behind him. And that's what inflated that ERA. Well, the so, other thing
1: that gives me confidence about Ryan Vander Hei is something Russell Smith said in our interview with him is that you know, he came in to TCU with a lot of talent and then Kurt in his words, he said, Kurt taught me how to pitch, how to attack guys. And maybe he wasn't getting that at Kansas, you know, like, like what Kurt can provide. So I'm excited yeah. to see how he responds to a whole off season with Kurt in his ear. Yeah.
2: Kurt's right, been fellas. working with him on his changeup, his secondary stuff. I mean, we all know he's gotten an elite fastball. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 That, but I guess when I'm, more thinking about is just the overall mind game of pitching and how to attack hitters, like the strategy of it. Like, I think that's an element that Vanderheim may not have had at Kansas
2: for sure.
0: Okay. Let's get some final thoughts before we head out. It's late. Yeah. I've, I've exhausted all mine. Let's get out of here. (laughs) All right. Um, Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Martin. Thank you, Ray. That's our pod. Thank you, MK. Thank you. Clowns. See you soon.
1: Go clowns. Go frogs. And go Frogs. Go Frogs.